this is Coffee Number 5. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Thank you so much for joining us again at Coffee Number 5. Today we're having Shannon Chavez, and today we're talking about sex. Shannon has one job that I don't think that a child ever thought about being what they want to grow up. So Shannon, tell us a little bit more about how did you get to be a sexual health and wellness specialist? Great question. Everyone wants to know how I got interested in sex. And I think my earliest memories as a child were being curious about sex because I remember mixed messages at home. You know, they would tell sex would come on TV and my parents would tell my brother to pay attention and for me to close my eyes. So I knew right away that it made people uncomfortable, that it was something I wasn't supposed to be curious about. The more I got into my studies in psychology, I realized that sex is a part of every single one of us. Everyone has a sexual sexuality, is a sexual being, but because it makes so people, it makes people so uncomfortable, it creates so much shame. You know, I also grew up Catholic where sex is, uh, you know, you hear these messages about dirty, bad, wrong, you know, good girls don't. So for me, the minute I found out that sex therapy was an actual career, I knew that it would be a perfect fit because I'm comfortable talking about it. I have a lot of questions around sex and I want to help people feel sexually fulfilled in their life. I think pleasure and connection is the one thing that we can't live without in life. We need it. We need it to be better human beings. We need it to live and live fulfilled lives. So for me, uh, I love being a part of people's sexual healing journey. And for a lot of people, it's finding new ways to be sexual. It's dealing with old trauma and shame. But there's a lot of ways that I help people, and I I love my job. I cannot think of another job I would ever want to do other than this work. Well, I'm dying to ask you something about (laughs) this part of owning who you are. Uh, You come from a very traditional family. I just want to hear the story of when you told your parents that you're going to go for this very strange job (laughs) about being a sexual coach, basically. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. I'll start with my grandmother because it was the funniest story. She came, to my, uh, she came to my office and I remember telling her, you know, I was a sex therapist, but for her, you know, she's a very traditional, even more traditional than my mother. And she said, why would anyone want to do that? Why would anyone want to come into an office and talk about their sex life? She, would, she even had trouble saying sex. I remember her kind of whispering it. So, uh, you know, that was grandmother. And she said, you know, why would anyone want to do that? I remember my mother saying something very similar. You know, she was very concerned about what that would mean to to be able to talk about people's sex lives. And uh, I think what I learned from my family is that my family, like many people, are not aware of what does a sex therapist do? There's a lot of misconceptions about it. Even in my culture and family, therapy is taboo. So you add sex therapy on top of that, which is even more taboo. If it makes you feel better, my mom doesn't still understand fully what I do either. Okay, good. Yes, I mean, there was a lot of... Wait, therapy? Oh, wait, and, and sex therapy? Yes. So for me, it was an opportunity to help them understand how important this work is. And now I would say my family are my biggest supporters. They still have a... You know, I remember in the beginning, my mother would have trouble telling people the sex part, she'd be like, oh, uh, you know, Shannon works with women and couples. <laughs> so 
intimacy. And it was so confusing. I said, mom, just say it for yourself. Just tell them what I do and be proud of it because I'm proud of all the work I do. So, okay. And how was dating being a sex therapist? Like, did you scare some people or they expect that you were more adventurous because you were a sex therapist? You know, it's pretty amazing. I actually started my journey while I was dating my husband. So now we're married and he had the, he has so much fun with it. He tells jokes and he says funny things. So I think he, he's a confident male. So he, he loves the fact that I'm a sex therapist and he loves to see how uncomfortable people get when we talk <laughs> about it. So say we go to a party and people say, Oh, what do you do? And then you tell them and they kind of give you a blank stare he loves that. He thinks it's so funny. Oh, to- you, you have to tell me one story. Tell me something like really funny that happened. You know, I, I would say there's not a lot of funny, but there's a lot of shock. You know, people don't really know how to follow up when you tell them you're a sex therapist or you get the opposite where the floodgates open and you hear about everyone's concern or questions or kinks and they just let it all out. I would say the worst place to tell people you're a sex therapist is on an airplane in a long flight because you may be asking answering questions and people want to just know everything there is to know and it almost becomes a a not so mini therapy session on a flight (laughs) oh that's not good um (laughs) but fun i'm sure that someone will have a really interesting story to tell there so how okay let's say people find you Mm -hmm. and they will come to you and say I have a sexual problem or sex is interfering my life or will someone come and say, I feel that sex is affecting my job? Yes. Yes. All of everything you said. So it can be issues in your relationship with intimacy and sex. It can be what you just described, compulsive sexual behavior, where maybe it's interfering with your day-to-day functioning. I also deal with things like kinks and fetishes where people may have certain practices in sex that may be uncomfortable to the outside world or even in their relationships. So they're looking for a safe, judgment-free zone to talk about it, explore, learn, uh, process, and understand their sexuality more. So I think that's what I provide in my space more than anything. Most people that come to me have never done therapy. So their first stop is sex therapy. They said, you know, all right, I heard that this issue is more psychological than physical. Help me figure it out. So I would say the most common concerns I see with people are uneven desire in a relationship. So that's one partner wants sex more than the other. I see a lot of women that are dealing with pain, discomfort, orgasm issues, arousal difficulties during sex. So maybe they aren't really engaging in sex because of those concerns. For males, I see things like erectile dysfunction, ejaculatory control issues. And then for other people, they're just looking for some tools. Tools can be toys, ways to spice up their sex life, uh, books to read. How can I become a more sexual person or grow and explore my sexuality and have a clinician guide me there? So there's a lot of different issues that people deal with. But I always say 100% of people will have issues around sex. So there's not just certain populations that are more susceptible. We're all going to have something that comes up around sex. Yeah. And let's start uh, talking about that we are uh, sexual beings Mm -hmm. and sex is part of everything. We're in the street and we see banners and we see um, commercials and we see even radio 
shows that is all about sex and mm -hmm. music that what will entice us. And so this doesn't exclude our work, our, our relationships and our friendships. And always, I mean, I call it the law of attraction that you have to have. And somehow it's always a sexual ingredient included in that. And it's how we feel about ourselves. Right. Do you feel like there is a connection of how you, we feel about ourselves in the sexual relationships? Yes, absolutely. I actually call it the integration of sexuality and spirituality. So spirituality, not in the religious sense, maybe for some people, but more of spirituality as, you know, who am I? What is my path in life? What are the values that I carry and how, do, how does that impact my sexual expression? So I do feel that that is important first and foremost when dealing with your sexuality is to understand who you are to work on the relationship with yourself. Because for example, if you have low self-esteem, you're gonna bring that into your relationships. It's gonna affect how you are able to be as far as your behavior sexually. So we have to work on ourselves in order to be healthy sexual beings. And I say healthy in quotes because healthy for me may be different than your healthy and we wanna understand what is healthy for each individual person. So that helps you communicate with a partner, ask for what you want, and also claim your sexuality. That's a lot of the work that I do is helping people know that no matter what kind of sex you want to have, claiming that is empowering so you feel good about yourself sexually. Even if it's about, you know, I'm having vanilla sex or I'm not having the type of sex that's swinging from the chandeliers, but it's just, I feel good about it because that works for me. That's a lot of the work that I do with people is normalizing their norm and healthy and figuring out what works for them. It's ac accepting basically who you are sexually. Exactly, because you kind of named it. There are billboards, movies, TV that shows all these different representations of sex. It's confusing, you know, especially us women. We see these hypersexual images of women and we think that that's what sexy is. And, you know, if you don't fit that norm, you may feel that you're not good enough or you're not desirable. And that's absolutely not true. You're bringing a great point there. I mean, I grew up in the 80s, 90s, and the sexy norm or the sexy image was completely different than nowadays. I think that nowadays this, uh, there are different visuals of sexy back then it was a lot more narrow-minded exactly and it's constantly changing i mean think about the victorian era of corsets and uh you know tiny waists or you know the 60s and 70s where it was about you know twiggy the fashion model tiny you know thin bodies and then voluptuous bodies and then pubic hair no pubic hair i mean there's so many trends that come along with our culture that inform sexy and I think that can be confusing for a lot of people because a lot of women will say that's not my body type that's not what I look like am I still desirable am I a sexy person if I don't have big breasts or you know a Kardashian butt you know all these things are helping to create some distortions around what is normal and what is sexy well that's kind of a body dysmorphia also but so many women are going out there. I mean, I guess as a man too, but you see out there a model of sexy and you want to be that. But sometimes you cannot make it because you don't have that kind of body. Right. So how can you find out what kind of sexy works for you? And how can we differentiate sexy from sexual? 
Very good. I think sexy is more of an attitude than it is a state of being. So sexy, you can be wearing sweats and a t-shirt and feel sexy if you have an attitude that is uh, an attitude that says I am sexy. So it's more of a mental experience than it is physical. It has to do with confidence, self-esteem, self-worth. You know, you can see someone who doesn't fit the, the prototype of Hollywood sexy, but they own it and they have an energy about them that people are drawn to. So I think that's sexy. Sexual has more to do with our mental, physical, psychological components of our entire being. You know, sexual can be your sexual functioning, which is your ability to be aroused, experience pleasure, you know, free from dysfunction. It can, it can uh, do with your values and boundaries you have in knowing what you're okay with and not okay with sexually. It could be practicing safe sex. And that's not only protection from sexually transmitted infections, but it's being able to uh, stand up for your rights as a sexual being and take care of yourself sexually, being able to be free from coercion and sexual harassment. Things like this are part of being sexual. And a lot of these things are uncomfortable to talk about, but I think we need to talk about it so people are more educated and aware so they can protect themselves and live healthy sexual lives. Well, you know that we're all about how we market ourselves. So, and we try to always give tips. And a lot of people, when they start going to the workforce or they go back or they're trying to get a new role, they feel like they need to find their new themselves in order to be attractive to get that their new role mm -hmm. how to find that level of being sexy be attractive be professional at the same time what would you recommend what are the tips to to find yourself in that position that you are it mm -hmm. if you have the qualifications for the job of course Right. Uh, I think a lot of that can get very confusing because, again, it goes towards there should be a certain norm or ideal that you want to meet in order to be sexy. And I think for a lot of people, it's going on your own journey. You know, I know for us women, we go through, and men, but women go through a lot of stages in their life where their bodies change. Hormones are, our levels are changing. They're dealing with reproductive issues or menopause and issues in their life that affect being sexual, even on a biological basis. So we want to be aware of those changes and also know that there are no ideals. There's no one way to be that's gonna make you better or less than anyone else. So we don't want to compare ourselves to others. I think one thing that's going on right now that's really positive is body positivity and women being able to empower themselves around finding communities of women and support from women that help them feel better in their bodies and this has to do with whether it's body size or shape or anything like that but they feel good about themselves and they're not being influenced by messages that may set those ideals up or make them feel less than but i think women can be all of those things professional sexy uh you know everything that you said it's about owning all of that and integrating that into who you are and not feeling like you have to fit only one part of and, and that you don't have to fake it it's yeah. just part of yeah. who you are Exactly. It's part of who you are and owning it, no matter what. This is so, so interesting. And I had so many more questions to ask you, but I just overwhelmed of having you here today. Yes. But thank you again for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to coming back. It was so good to have you here today. 
See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.